My people, what up, though? We back with another episode of All Black Men Need Therapy. My name is Chief. And I'm Bell. And here we go again. We back with another episode. Today, we go, we're going to attempt. We're going to attempt to tap into a little bit more vulnerability. So what's been going on is we've come up with these topics or things we wanted to discuss. And what happens is we go, we, we convince ourselves we're going deep. But in actuality, we're very, very, very surface level with it. We got the governor on. Like yeah. When you rent a car, you can't go over 68. Right, right. Then start shaking. Word, word. Shut down. So th- this is going to be an attempt. So bear with us as we... Yeah, as and, and I don't even know if it's... I don't think it's an attempt for us to get emotional. I think we're, I think we're going to be vulnerable. I don't think it's going to be an attempt on our vulnerability. I think it's going to be an attempt to push ourselves past our comfort level of vulnerability. Yeah, but I think what what has to happen is perhaps you and I need to target each other in a sense where yeah I kind of need to push it out of you and, and so on and, and that's so forth. Fine. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know. So as we go through these things, again, we flow. We have a general outline of what we want to talk about, and then we kind of just let the conversation take take place, take take its course. So that's where we're at. But it probably should be noted that we decided not to write this one. Like right, we wanted to come yeah. up here and, and and completely completely wing this one there's not even an outline for this one so yeah and wing it in the sense that not wing it like you know just make shit up as we go wing it as in like raw emotion and um and tap it into personal experiences like I don't know how emotional this is gonna get so like we they may be listening to this and at the end they're like yeah they didn't even cry I didn't do shit <laughs> right 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 <laughs> but no guys we we um so Back up. So after last week's episode, obviously talking about um, where's the love um, that dropped, and um, we got a really good response on that. It just got me to thinking, guys. Like everything I was talking about was very general, and um, kind of like, uh, um, what's the saying? Paint with a broad stroke, or some shit like that. I don't know. Uh, trying to paint everybody with a with a with a broad stroke, and um, I realized I'm like, man. You did this to tap into some of your challenges that you're, as an adult, now identifying. So I said, you know what? Let's talk about depression, right? This is something that affects every black man. In fact, here's some statistics on that. So since you're about to go into your story, I'll give the stats, right? So, according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office of Minority Health, which I didn't even know there was a branch specifically for minorities, but according to them, the percentage of the population with serious psychological distress among persons 18 years of older, right? So, when it comes to black men, I mean, granted, it's the entire country's population, 2.6% of us are dealing with serious psychological distress versus white men is 2.7, so we're not that far off. What number that kind of struck me was black women. 3.7% of them are dealing with serious psychological distress as, as, as compared to 3.4% of white women. And then there's, uh, so the total is 3.2 black, and, black, and, uh, black men and women. And then there's 3.4, uh, or I'm sorry, 3.1 black and, or white and white men and women, which is pretty interesting. So when you look at it like that, it, you think of, you know, serious psychological distress, temp, you know, often leads to suicide. So in, in 2019, suicide was the second leading cause of death for African-American ages 15 to 24. 
the death rate from suicide for African-American men was four times greater than it was for African-American women. However, get this one, African-American women were 70%, 70% more likely to attempt suicide as compared to non-Hispanic white females. How bugged out is that? So black people, we, we got work to do. And let's not be afraid to reach out because we're, we're harming ourselves at an alarming rate. So what I, what I thought um, was important for, for us to do, for me, this also should be noted, like, I, I literally text Chief at five something this morning and was like, we're doing depression next episode. Let's record it sooner than later. And kudos to him. He was like, well, shit, I'm free at six. So here we are. Yeah, we're. Um, but no, so, I, so this was prompted because, like I said, this recapping last week's episode, uh, reflecting like, like, like Chief and I spoke about and just thinking about, like, how depression has shown up in my life. Right. So I, I think it should be noted, too, sometimes and I'll speak for myself, but I would imagine a lot of you guys feel this way as well. Sometimes we don't um, categorize it as depression. Right. We could just be we, we'll, we may say, hey, I'm just not like I'm down, like I'm just not feeling good or something like that. Like the, the um, experience I'm going to talk about when my first time experiencing depression was in college, but I didn't. That's the case. If I didn't know I was depressed until now, I look back as an adult. Right, right. Right. So I think it's also important that you kind of mention how this came about. And I think, you know, you got the group text with your, with your homies from college. And yeah, you yeah, yeah, shoot, yeah. They're shooting a breeze. But I think it's important to, like, in the group text, it's mostly, you know, guys talking shit, laughing, jokes here and there, ranking on each other, whatever the case may be. But you pulled something out of that. In that in that group chat with all the jokes and shit, you're like, right. yo, this is real. This is something I need to talk about. So, again... As much as you're not leaning on them for from a therapeutic perspective, right. you're still pulling that from the conversation. So I think it's important, fellas, again, to to self-assess. And even in those simple conversations that don't seem like they're much, look what you can pull out of it and where it may take you. Yeah, and and not and not be afraid to reflect because that was where it came from. This one again, we were texting a group chat. Not just ten of us total in the chat. My old teammates at five in the morning, and it started off just talking shit like we always do. And then it got deep, you know what I'm saying? And not deep, like, from a, when you look at it, like, damn, like, they're getting philosophical and they're in touch with their feelings. Not deep like that. But one of my teammates who played in the league for 13 years, he talks about how he couldn't get past two plays in his college career that haunted him for the rest of his career. So now, mind you, 13-year veteran in the NFL, so he by all standards has exceeded all expectations in terms of tenure. But there were two, there were two plays that he was talking about, about that he just, and it was, and it was a vulnerable moment for him because he had never really said that out loud, at least to the group. And I was like, wow, because these are, these are two, these are basically two plays that end up defining him um, that year. Um, But nonetheless, that's why I was like, man, this shit is so good that we're reflecting and we're talking. And I'm like, you know what? Let me t- share some of my experience with the people. So, um, did, you, did you share it in the group chat? No, 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 no. I didn't think that was a forum. I didn't share because I'm I'm, I'm going to talk about the first time. And like Chief doesn't even know the story. Like I'm telling it for the first time right now. Like, have you it, spoken to anyone about it? I haven't referenced the 
period as depression when I spoke about it. Mm-hmm. But what I reference it as, like that was the mile marker moment when I realized that I could make a change. You know what I'm saying? And and I'll I'll explain that in a second. But I never talk about it as depression. Okay. So but that's got so I got two stories. I'm gonna talk about um when I was in college and I'm gonna talk about another one when I was um out of college and like stepped foot into entrepreneurship. Um I got a I mean, what I time period you referencing? Obviously, we, 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 again, like we mentioned my brother's situation last week, and again, it was very surface level. Didn't really get a chance to, to dive into it and and talk about how I was feeling and what was really going through me at the time. And I got one from college, you know, I, I remember I was injury plagued, so that shit, mm-hmm. that shit sucked, and really, it took me a while to kind of dig myself out of that one. But there's a, there's, I think there's a couple of moments that I can define as, as depression, but I've been, I've been so, I've, I've, worked on myself so much that I believe I'm so headstrong that now there isn't pretty much anything that can pull me back into that dark spot. You know yeah, but, but it you doesn't know. have to be dark though. Right, but but again, you but you know how I handle situations right. like when shit happens, it's like if anybody right, is right, going to handle right, it, right, P's right. going to be like, you know what I mean, the one who kind of like just brushes it off and got to keep pushing, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So I think I've kind of like trained myself to, to look adversity in the face like, yeah, I'm, you, I can't lose. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, Shout right, out to right. Ray Dirk. Shout <laughs> out to Dirk. I, I can't lose, you know what I mean? I'm going to win. So, that we, we can we can bounce back and forth. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I'll go first. So I'll paint the picture for you guys. Like I said, I, I played college football and um, I was a running back. And, you know, when I got to camp, I wasn't as big or strong, I should say, as um, I probably should have been. So I ended up red shirt. And then plus, like I said, I couldn't figure out the playbook and all of that. But anybody who's ever red shirted in any sport and, and, at a high level in college, you, you get better, right? Because you go up against the best, right? So if it's if it's a football team or if you if you play football, you go up against the one offense or the one defense, depending on what what well, side of the ball you are on. And I got better, so I, I was I was doing well, and um, so I redshirted. And then my first year playing, I um still slow getting the, the getting the, the speed of the game, but I played every time I played, I played well, and then I became a starter. And then I got hurt, right? Um, and this, that's not where the depression set in because I was, I, I, I think that year I had the longest run from scrimmage. Um, and you know, that was like tied for the second longest run at the time, all time. So I was feeling good, right? So now, just follow me, I'm going into my redshirt sophomore year. So technically, this is my third year on campus, right? I redshirted my first year, played the next year, redshirt sophomore year. So now I'm strong, I'm fast, I'm, my mind is right, and I got the playbook down, right? So I'm like, can't nothing stop me. So first two practices in camp, like I just wasn't getting the touches. And like I said, I'm a running back. So, you know, there's there's three components, right? You got to block, catch, and run. So I, every time I went in, it was always a, uh, a pass play, right? I wasn't even catching the ball at the backfield. Then I was like, you know what? Let's not harp on when you're not getting the ball. Let's just make sure every time you get the ball, you make it count. So, and the people on my team, that's what came up in the conversation today too. We talked about how that camp was epic. And the and what made that camp epic was it was a freshman that came in. Um, now, mind you, I was a freshman and I when, when I first got in and I didn't know the playbook and nothing like that. But uh, this freshman was different. He, his nickname was Mighty Mouse. Um, shout out to Terry Corley. But um, he came in 
And he did not look like a Division One running back. I can tell you that right now. This dude was probably, and I mean this with all due respect, the size of a ninth grader. Like, legit. Very undersized, but fast as lightning. So, sure enough, we went at it, right? In a good way. Healthy competition. We just turned the de- defense ass up. And and it, to date, they'll, they'll you ask anybody, they'll tell you that was the best camp, best running back camp ever. And um, we went at it. And Terry and I were cool. Like, we didn't, there was no animosity between us, nothing like that. But I'm, so we finished camp. And, I mean, it was a phenomenal camp. And I'm like, I got to get the nod. Right, I'm I'm the prototypical size for a running back, six two two twelve at the time I was playing at, and um, and I'm fast. I got the playbook down. I'm a vet. Like I gotta get the nod. This is a no brainer. They gave him the nod. So I'm like, all right, he deserves it. We were going back and forth. It was a a, a coin flip, whatever. But here's where, for me, after this conversation I had, everything changed for me. So my running back coach, uh, we play in Boston College, and they don't announce the rotation until the day of the game. Like then they announce the starters and they announce the rotation. So when I was playing the year before with the starter, before I got the job, I was going one series to one series. He get one series, I get one series, right? And that was fine. My coach told me, "It's like, all right, Bell, we doing two to one." I'm like, two to one? He's like, yeah. TC gonna be in for two series. You gonna be in for one, and I and I and and at that moment, that season was done for me as far as I was concerned. Like it was done. I'm like, like I felt disrespected. I'm like, how you gonna give me two to one? Like why? Like he in my mind at that time, I'm like he's not better than T Small. Like how is how am I getting? How are we doing one uh, two to one? So I, I checked out, and I didn't realize it, but I checked out. And like I said, he was undersized. So he got hurt that game. And then I think we played Georgia Tech next or something like that. And I got the starting job, obviously. And they were excited because they're like, all right, now is his time to show us why he feels like he should have been a starter. But when I tell you, I was so absent, even though I was physically there, like I was not there. Like I'm at that game, I'm I'm in the backfield thinking about like, what I'm about to eat after the game. <laughs> like, no bullshit. Like, I'm thinking about what girl I'm going to call. Like, it was bad. Like, my, I was just... Because I I got that that information. The way I processed it was, you don't think I'm good enough. Okay. Right? Sense. Like, I'm like, I don't, you don't think I'm good enough. And then I believed it. And I didn't, I didn't outwardly believe it. Like, I didn't say that. But my actions... Because from that, because what would have been a perfect case scenario, he went down, I step up, and I bust ass. It's go time. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. But I was so immature in my thinking because, like I said, I, like, I was spent after every practice. Like, spent. Like, no energy to do anything because I gave it all I had on the, on the practice field. And I felt like that warranted the starting job. And when I didn't get it, I was devastated. The title of this is called The Pressure, Right. As we talked about before, um, we, Chief and I, were like the out for our family, right? So for me, it was the NFL, and it's like, well, shit, how are you going to the league if you can't even play, right? So I went into a dark, dark space, and um, 
I'm not even sure I lettered that. Yeah, I probably did because I played special teams, but I didn't get a lot of touches. I didn't get a lot of carries. I mean, a lot of um, a lot of reps. But what I will say is TC was everything they thought he was because he went out to lead the nation um, in Russian for a freshman as a freshman. He's a freshman leading Russia in the nation that year. So he was the real deal, right? Um, but I, I went in a dark place and and I couldn't describe what it was. And then you got to still, and then that's another thing. You go home on the weekends, you go home on a bye week, you got to explain why you ain't playing. They was like, man, Bell, you, you must have been knocking off the coach's daughter or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they, when you go home, they didn't understand that you're not. Like there, there's people that are better than you. Period, right? And that wasn't something I was willing to accept then. You know what I mean? But looking back, like that was my first um, first experience with depression. And that went on the whole season. The whole season, right? The whole season I was checked out. Again, and when I got in, I was, man, like him order some wing stop, like or whatever it was at the time. I'm like, I wasn't, I wasn't there. That was my first bout with it. And um, the one thing, I, the, the reason why I said I, when I referenced that, I referenced it as the opportunity to realize when it was time for me to flip the switch. Because fast forward, like I told you, I ended up being an NFL prospect. So fast forward, he went down again the next year. He went down, but this time he went down for the year. And at this time, which was his second year playing, he was leading the whole nation in Russian when he got hurt. Again, this dude was the real deal. He was, he was official. Um, but you bust their ass after that, though. Yeah, because I so I assessed, like we talked about. Mm -hmm. And again, I didn't know it was depression. I did not know it was depression. But by this time, another thing I should mention, and not to take too much time, but I already had changed positions. Like, I was like the the fifth string wide receiver. But I was, <laughs> I was part of the rotation, so I was traveling and everything. So it's not like I wasn't traveling. But I was like, I got to make it somehow. And then he went down, and they was like, bail you up. So I was like, all right. But when I came up, there was somebody in front of me because, I remember, I wasn't a running back anymore. So then he went down that you. game. And then I was like, all right, let's go. Like, there's now's your chance to prove it. And God damn it, when I tell you. <laughs> My man was out there shining. But not even before then. The first play they gave me. This is this is how you know. This is this is for all to listen. This is when you know you're about to do something great. When you get the chance, you feel like you've been waiting for, it and then something happens. So they put me in the game. We down, and they call my play. The one I love. It was like a, a 26G or something like that. Nobody knows what that is. He gave the game the ball. And he yeah, they gave me the ball. I ran to the right, and I, I saw the opening, and I slipped and fell on third down. <laughs> On third down, I said, they ain't never about to put me back in this bitch. It's over. Like, it is over. So, um, but then then I got another shot, and I ended up going off, you know, that year. But um, that was my first bout, man. And then I, I, so now when things get grim, I always go back to that spot and just figure out what I can do to elevate myself through it. So, you referenced that, to, to, to continue the conversation, specific answers to specific questions. When did you realize it was that moment was depression? Was it into the when I graduated? When you graduated, so, yeah. so how long after? Maybe what? Five years. Years, Five years after that initial mm, point. Yeah, happened? cause that yeah that was like two thousand and uh, two or three. So after, so two. I'm saying, but if you in season, so it's like three years. No, no, after it happened. 
Yeah, three years. Yeah, three, three years yeah, after it yeah, happened. Three years so after it happened. It took you three years to define it and label it as depression. Yep. Okay. So, one thing you mentioned in in the conversation, which I think we need to, the people need to hear and and assess and really take heed in, is the fact that you have to accept the fact that people are better than you. You said those words or yeah. something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. with that. You still but I have wasn't. To have I wasn't ready to have that conversation then. And and that's right. and that's why I, I I wanted to mention it because we're never ready to have those conversations, especially mm-hmm. in the midst of being unaware of what you're feeling and, mm-hmm. and labeling those feelings. So I think yeah. in everything we do, there's always someone better than you, but you have to find your own lane. And I, and I'll give you a prime example of that of that scenario regarding me. Yep. With the poetry, you know, what I'm saying like, there's a ton of people who are brilliant writers, way better writers than me, way better performers than me. And have won so many different things, right? And I put, I think I put this on my, on my on my Facebook or Instagram the other day, and it's just like, you know, I may not be in your winner circle. I may not have all the, the poetry accolades that you have on stage in terms of the, the, the spoken word competition circle. Yeah. But not many of them have gone to London and performed at the Olympics. You know right. what I'm saying? Not not many of them have been flown international and done what I've done. Right. So I think it, as much as it's you, these people are better than you. You still have an opportunity to create your own lane. And believe in yourself and do what it, and do what you have to do to become successful, which is what you did. Right. While still not understanding exactly what you were experiencing, so, you had enough wherewithal within yourself to go. You know what? I can still do this. Yeah. Somebody told me a long time ago, and this this may resonate with some people, may not, it may whatever. But um, don't compare, compete. Right. That's what they told me, and that's what I did. And then hear me clear. I wasn't competing with anybody. I wasn't competing against someone. I was competing with myself. Like this was, I was com- like the 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 essence of competition, right? right? Competition makes everybody better. So please hear me clear. So I was like, I just got to go out there and win today. Yeah. Literally, that's what I was saying. I was like, I got to win today. That's it. Like if I go out there, doesn't matter how many times I get the ball, just make it count. And that's all I kept doing. And that was what like my saving grace because if i would have been like man i can't do what he does i can't do it i i would have been dead in the water and and i guess you know for those who aren't sports people like the we use the sports references because we play sports we play college football we actually had the chance to play against each other in college which was super super dope but um we use these sports references and and, and it, it 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 can be translated into regular life i think still some of the greatest lessons we've learned have come from being Absolutely. a part of being a part of you know a, a program a team yeah. and so on and so forth. so you don't understand the sports analogies get the the life metaphor or the life the life Lesson. correlation within yeah. it, within within the context of it all um so with you now in terms of depression would you be able to recognize yeah, it, in the like right now, sooner than like much sooner than three years. I actually think I'm 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 um hypersensitive. Believe it or not, I think I'm hypersensitive. Like I tell Lo, um, I think my turnaround now is like a week. In like, terms of what, like going rec- through something bad and a recognition. Yeah. Okay. So like I'll 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 look back. And I'm like, yeah, I think I might have been depressed last week. And she'd be like, what happened? And I'll explain. She's like. Nah, that just sounds like a bad week. Like you're not, you're not depressed. Like you just had a bad week. I mean, that that, that you know could what I'm be. Yeah, that could and be. And like I said, I'm hypersensitive now, right? Like I'm not. I don't go, and God forbid, but I haven't been to that dark place in a while. You know what I'm saying? Like I haven't been there, um, because I do. Again, I, I and then I'll tell you about the other time. But I was, 
I can pick up on the signs. You know what I'm saying? Like what of how and, and how you're feeling emotionally. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. So what what happened the first time was I felt defeated. Literally, literally defeated. Like right. he he beat me. Right? I felt defeated and I felt because of the pressure and and hear me clear too, none of my family said you need to go make it for us. Nobody ever said mm-hmm. that, right? It was implied, but nobody ever said it. But I took that on I took that on me. So now I'm like, fuck. Like, what I'm gonna do now? Right. No, no, right. You know right. what I'm saying? So I was like, what I'm gonna do now? So then I didn't have an answer. So I just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And I think with 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 collegiate sports at least, at least from from the football perspective, the depth chart changes so much. So one minute you start and next damn. minute you third yeah. string, next minute you damn about to get a scholarship taken. It, next day you getting you getting an award, the conference award. Like it, it, it yeah. it's crazy how it happens. And I, I don't know if it happens as much in life or at jobs and in, in terms of like getting promotions and the next guy gets it or whatever. But understand that like the ups and downs of just position positional starting in second and third strings, like it plays a mental toll on you in itself and we have to learn how to prepare I think those are some big lessons that kind of helped us be become more mentally strong because yeah. you have, like you you shine in one week, next week it's like yo I'm way better than this dude like right. how, you know what I'm saying what? and you and you and a lot of and that's another thing too no nobody wants to be nobody wants to tell themselves that they're the problem right like I, I know I damn sure wasn't ready to do that because I was definitely the problem when I got my shot and didn't perform right right like I was the problem like. And nobody wants to be told that you're not good enough and you are good, but you're you're the problem based on how you handle these situations. Right. You right? are in your own way. Yeah. Like yeah. nobody wants to be told that. So, so. I'll give you just uh, you listen to people sometimes, you talk to people sometimes and, and you talk to people sometime and, and little things they say can change your life. Yeah. And I have a very a very short, quick story in college. I was hurt, I was miserable. I was like I had just came off one of the best like I, I think I was battling with this dude he was smaller than me not as fast as I was I was clearly better than him he started but we both played like equal amount of time in the game mm-hmm. I was I think I might have had like 11 tackles like 9 solo like I was out there flying around That's crazy. he had an interception so it kind of like balanced it out mm-hmm. a little bit so you know what I'm saying so he still maintained a starting spot next game I get hurt done for the season I'm tight I'm going I think I was crutching through the, the football office and Coach, at coach, shout out to Coach Funk. Coach Funk, he asked me how I'm doing. Hey, Chief, how you doing? And I was like, could be better, Coach. And he like stopped me, like looked me in my eyes, like could be worse. And I swear to God, that that little moment right there, right, completely changed my 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 thought process for like the rest of my life. Like wow. he was like, could be worse. And I'm just like, as simple as it sounds, he was one hundred percent right. You know, and I think we get so caught up in our our downfalls or our our dark moments or whatever it is that yeah. we just don't understand how much worse it could be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that really, really, really like completely changed the way I look at things now. Yeah, it's funny because when you said that, I always take away like it's typically not like the the long winded intended to be impactful conversations that happen that right. impact people the way mm-hmm. you want it's the little subtle shit in passing yep. you know what i mean like like that's that's uh so it's funny you say passing so let's let so let's go back into a little bit of my story with my brother and in, in, in it happened in 2009 simple random act of violence it, it wasn't enough time to justify any any of the any of what happened but uh without 
I guess, without getting too deep into it, when you mentioned in passing, one of the things that really helped pull me out of this depression was recognizing someone had been through a similar thing. Mm. Sharon, Sharon Locke. I don't know if you remember Sharon Locke. I do remember. Shout out to Sharon Locke. Sharon Locke had just lost her husband. I had been out of school for like three months, and I think maybe like a week or two before I went back, Sharon lost her husband. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking, like she obviously knew my story, and I'm walking in the hall, and I see her, and she sees me, and I see her see me. <laughs> 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 and um, she asked me how I was doing. And for those of you who don't know, anytime someone in your circle has lost someone or has is dealing with a loss like that, how are you doing is probably one of the most difficult questions to answer, to hear. And I, I implore you to kind of, how you feeling maybe, or I, what's the, I, 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 I can't remember what it was now, but I, I have something I use now and it's kind of like, how's it going? Or, you know, how you, how you holding up, I think. How you holding up is one of them things rather than how are you doing? Cause like when, when, every time I heard that question and dealing with that, it was just, it was terrible. But hearing it from her, when she said, how are you doing? I looked at her, like we made, we locked eyes for like that awkward, like five mm-hmm. second stare. No com- no no words were said, we just locked eyes and kind of nodded our heads and kept walking. But Belle, when I tell you like in passing, you said like that conversation, that five second conversation was so powerful to me. Fam. Mm-hmm. Did like, she know that? Yeah, I, I put it in my play, remember? I, oh, I put it yeah, in the play yeah, yeah. and I called her out in the play. But that was like a moment for me where someone knew exactly how I was feeling and spoke to me in a way only people in the midst of that can understand. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's not often that we find ourselves sharing depression, if you will. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So to, to have someone, I don't want to say it's misery loves company because that, that's not what it is, but like to find someone who's, who has dealt with common bond right or who is dealing with something you're dealing with and using them to either propel yourselves together forward or take lessons from what they've gone through and pull you up was was monumental for me fam like monumental so obviously you were mourning right obviously it was a tragedy but did you know like you were in like a depressive state no and that's the and you know what that's the crazy part about so with the tragedy, with the sadness that came with it, it what it didn't it wasn't labeled depression for me until until I found out I was having MJ. What did you think it was? Sadness. We call mm. it, I call I called it sadness. Yeah, mourning. I had different adjectives. Yeah, make I called it better. sadness, mourning, but it yeah. was it was like a two year depression, fam. Like I was in a in a, like I told you the other day, I, the concert going to cried yeah. the whole time. Like I, I barely left the house. So what was it about MJ coming that made you identify it then as depression? It, it wasn't necessarily that was the identifying factor, but that gave that was my reason. Like you, homeboy, getting hurt and you getting a second chance was your reason to kind of like snap out of snap it. out of it. Like for me, it was kind of like yo, I like. So when you snapped out of it, you were like, "Damn, I was in a deep dark place that had to be depression." It was like, "Yo, you're in a bad. You were in a bad spot." I just rem- I remember the feeling like mm. when I. It was like an instant. T- so this was when I had. So after my my brother had passed, maybe like a year, close to a year later, I was like, "Yo, we have to. I have to do something." So I took my mother and my brother. We I took two weeks off of work. We jumped in a car. It was right before the, I took a week off. It was right before the school going back to school. And I, we had just drove. Remember, we, I took my mom and Duck. We just mm-hmm. drove. We went down south. We went to see family and whatever. We just kind of get away and kind of spend some time bonding. And that was kind of like 
the start of my ther- my therapy to get mm-hmm. myself back. And while I'm down there, um, Marie sends me the, a picture of the the birth sound or something. No, 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 the, uh, the oh, pregnancy test. Pregnancy the, test. The positive pregnancy test. And Bell, when I tell you, like I'm looking at it, and the like I like you like. You, you when you watch TV sometime and you they, they do the close up and you see the person's smile develop. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Like I I felt like, like my whole experience. like my whole face changed and my smile went up and I remember doing like no bullshit. All jokes aside, I'm at the Lexus dealership in Atlanta, and I'm this dude. The dude name is King. Shout out to King. King's helped me look for a car, and I look at the text message and I'm like, what? And I remember doing the joint from Martin, like whoa, 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 <laughs> like running through the, I'm running through the car dealership, whoa, 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 like I was so fucking happy, bro. And that's what really, that's what turned the page for me, and it gave me reason to get out of my own way, to get out of the funk. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? As much as, as, as shout out to, to Marie, my daughter's mom, she, as much as she put everything in, in trying to help me be better, yeah. it just was oh, nothing was, that could. She was there was nothing she could do. It was nothing yeah. she could do. You know what I'm saying? She was supportive in there and that was everything I needed. Right. But it was nothing I had to get myself out of this hole. You know what I'm saying? And I think with that information of, of, of us having a child, dude, it fucking I got a question. It turned the page. Yeah. Do you think prior to receiving that text that you didn't have anything to live for? I, I definitely felt like there wasn't much to live for. Yeah, I felt like, but again, I didn't. I didn't know it was depression, but I had nothing left. Mm. I, mean, I was like <laughs> merely existing, fam. Like I, when I tell you, it was bad. Like I'm, I didn't. I didn't talk to many people. I didn't go. I already didn't go anywhere to begin right, with. Right, right, right. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. So then I'm. I'm not going nowhere. I'm not doing nothing. I. Every family function was 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 difficult. I'd spend Christmas and New Year's. I mean, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and New Year's in the crib by myself. I don't want to be around nobody. It was just, right. it was bad, man. Like you find a way. Like I saw a meme the other day that said, "You ever notice that when you're in a bad funk and you're crying, you search for songs to make you cry harder?" <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But as much as that shit is true, when I was in those funks, like I put myself in a situation where it just made it worse. Like rather than being around my family, I chose to be by myself and just. You're know, wallowing in that, yeah, that point. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Wallowing in that fucking in that that self pity, the misery, and all that good stuff. And, it, and it's it, again it, for anyone dealing with some a loss like that, it's it, it's it's hard on you, and it's so difficult unless you've like been there yourself. You can't really, as much as you want to empathize, the feeling is completely different. And and unfortunately, we at some point we all have to go through it. Right. But unless you've gone through it, you don't know what it feels like, yo. Like it, it's just something totally totally different and, and it took me a while to kind of to pull myself out and I think again having something to live for right was like it, it it reignited the passion in myself to be like yo this is not who you are you need to do and be better right now what are do you have any like lead indicators or, or, or two questions one have you been in that place before and obviously you haven't experienced pain and loss like that since mm-hmm. but have you found yourself in a state where you're like this could be depression. Honestly speaking, since then, Bell, I, I I don't think I've been too. I don't think I've gone there because I've yeah. I've, I've trained myself. Like you you know, like in the midst of adversity, now I'm like the 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 most cool, calm, and collected cat there is. And I, I was telling I was telling somebody the story just yesterday. Like Nikki was making, my cousin was making something in the oven one day, and it was got on fire. Like the oven the oven was on like literal flames. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hey, Nikki. Uh, Oven's on fire, <laughs> and she came in the kitchen. And was like, oh my god, why are you so calm? Blah 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 blah. And it's like in my head, I'm like, okay, oven's on fire. Did the fire extinguisher over there? Let's get it. Let's put it out. And, right. it. and I'm not like, I don't even really respond like that. 
well, anymore. Well, there's also levels. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you and I'm not going to speak for you, but I'm, I'm imagining there's nothing that can compare to what you already went through. So anything like like right. to the point, it could always be worse, right? Right, right, like, right, right. If it doesn't reach remotely close to that, there's no need to exert that emotion or energy. And I think even with the way I've built myself up now, if God forbid something like that was ever to come back across my path, I know now that it doesn't go away. Mm. That it's always gonna be there. But I, I can be better. I can do better. I can push through. So it's like, this, you take your time, take your moment, and deal with it. Take the week that you take. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Deal with it, and then keep pushing. Right. Like you're 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 allowed to give yourself that space to to wallow in your. Parents. We're we're human. Right. People like we got feelings. You you touch me or hurt me, hit me. I'm gonna hurt. Right. Right. Like it is what it is. Um, I think, man, like my next. So my next, I want keep wanting to say my next episode, but I guess it is kind of an episode of the of depressive episode um, that I experienced. I think I got so. I I think well one I I was depressed, um, and I'll and I'll do my best to do to give you an abbreviated story. Um, like we mentioned, Chief and I, our first real jobs, our first career jobs out of college, were working together as deans at the high school. And during that side note, I really think that's 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 insane. Like there was no like this. We've been boys forever, right? You know what I'm saying. And as much as we have, like, what's crazy is we're we're probably not anymore now because I got you know some pounds on me. But we at once were like the exact same size, like yeah. wore the same size sneakers, same size clothes. Like it was it was crazy. But I, like I, the, we had the same job mm-hmm. at one point with, with no intention on having the same job. Like nope. no, with with different career paths in yeah. mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I think that's probably pretty... the same, similar career paths at that time. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that time. yeah but it's, I think it's just, it, it's a testament to, to the, the bond that we have. And I think people, you need to get us, you need to get some good friends. Mm-hmm. And that, like, like for real, for real, you need to get some good friends. And I, and I say that just because I have a crew, I have a, I have some immediates, man, who are like a, an essential part of who I am as a man. And I think it's, it, you know, the commonalities that we share, I don't think we've had like the open discussion on, on, well, not that we have to, because we know, but like people, the people don't really understand how tight our bond really, really is. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's not like there's two dudes who want to talk about a podcast. We have right. a sincere, long, extended history of yeah. shit. Like you know what I mean? So, nevertheless, go ahead. I was... No, all good, all good. Um, so yeah, I, I got out of college and um, NFL didn't work out, so I'm working right. And you know, and that and again. I don't got to spend a lot of time on that. Like, that was what it was, right? I had an agent, moved out to New Jersey, trained for three months, then get picked up. Was what it was. Came back home, started working, right? Because I got to earn. And uh, while I was working, I I started talking to my friends that were in the league and just, you know, about money and just, like, general concepts and things things like that. And I got interested. So I started um, a career, career in uh, financial services. And I started that kind of moonlighting in the evening as I was working at the high school. And um, what I realized was I could make more money, substantially more money in financial services because I'm getting paid based on my effort, right? Which translated very well with me, just like football did, right? You do well, you play, right? That's that's kind of how it works. So I started to see uh, the end where I'm like, shit, I can make this type of money. I can make NFL money being self-employed. 
So I did that for three years, like moonlighting, right? And I told my mom, when I go to the league, I'm going to buy her a house. So, you know, my mom, one of the things growing up, we always lived in apartments, always rented, and we never had two bathrooms ever. It was my sister, myself, my mom, my sister, myself, my mom, my brother, and my dad. So it was five of us in the house, and, and it was rough. Like in the beginning, we had a two-bedroom house. My, my parents slept in the living room. My brother and I Sleep. shared a room. Slept. <laughs> <laughs> slept in the living room. <laughs> yeah, shit. <laughs> no. slept, slept in the living room. We that. Slept in the living room. No, we're not. We leave that in there. <laughs> and, um, and my brother and I had a room, and then my, my sister had a room. So, you know, we couldn't really bring people over because, you know, the common area was literally their bedroom. Long story short, I um, I held on to that promise, and I did buy a house. Uh, I did that based on my income from New Britain High um, and my income in financial services. So then, fast forward, September 2008, I'm like, well, if I'm doing this part-time and I'm making sometimes more than I'm making a month at the high school, what can I do if I do full, go full-time? And... Um, if you were an adult in September 8, 8 or September 08, you know that there was a financial crisis. And uh, I became self-employed in, at the beginning of that. And I, um, long story short, ran through my savings and was broke. Um, but nobody knew that, right? Like I, I didn't get broke, broke until 2009. Um, that's when shit got real. So 2009, the next phase or the next identifiable depression moment for me was when I was about to lose the house because I had no income coming in. Like when I tell you I was hustling, and I, th- I think we may make that episode, like I was selling cigarettes, like my dad was selling Jordans, like it was rough, <laughs> like it was crazy. And the crazy thing is my friends didn't know, like they didn't know, my car got repossessed, like it was crazy. And, uh, and nobody really knew, you know, like nobody, nobody really knew at all because one, I was embarrassed, right? Like everybody told me not to leave the job. Is this a good job? Why would you leave? You're getting paid well. Why would you leave? You know, I'm probably making at the time 40, 43,000, you know, no more than 45, I would imagine. And, um, I'm 23 years old at the time I was probably, uh, 26 anyway. I'm like, well, I can't go back and ask for my job back, even though it was offered to me. I'm like, that'd be dumb because now I'll be back in the same situation, and, and for that I should have just stayed. So it was like, you don't. You, I felt like I didn't have anywhere to go, right? I, I, I didn't want to talk to somebody about it because I was basically focused on making what I sought out to make or do work. So because if I would have went to anybody. I, that's how I felt at the time. If I don't went to anybody and said, yo, I'm broke, they would have said, well, you need to go back to the high school. And I'm like, and when the moment I would have said, no, I'm not, they're like, well, you're dumb, right? So I didn't want to deal with that, that um, I guess, pushback. So I just kept thugging it out. I kept thugging it out, and I was, you know, selling cigarettes to, to put gas in my car um, and to eat. My parents didn't know what was going on, you know what I mean? Um and like I said, I, it was I was behind, and there was nothing I could do. And then I got an opportunity 
to well, I saw a company which is end up being a company I'm working for now and I applied and during that time if you guys remember like I'm behind in my mortgage so I got all these companies calling me trying to help me it was like yeah we can get you a modification but we need five thousand dollars I'm like bitch I don't got five thousand dollars <laughs> that five thousand dollars we wouldn't be in the situation situation so I'm like yo and then I would get so excited I'm like yo this is crazy like I'm really about to lose the first house my mom's ever had I'm like this is crazy so that's when I I just got focused and my mom had said to me she was like um she never she never questioned any of my decisions she was like this one time she probably don't remember this she was like I think you might want to go look for a job and it was that moment where I felt like I had permission to basically abandon what I was doing and go get a job. So from that point on, at that moment, I shifted into the the second chance bell from college. Right. So what I used to do. Shout out to Gma. See, that's, and that's what I mean. It's little shit like that. Yeah, the that's real, what it was. Real she, little she shit. She probably don't even know that. Right. Um, she do now. Yeah, it's crazy because she called me on my way here. She was drinking, y'all. She was like, <laughs> make sure you shout me out. Well, there it goes. Chief always shouting peaches out. Like, we, we talk about peaches, she was drug dealer. <laughs> like, that's why we talk about peaches. Um, that's funny as hell. But uh, anyway, so yeah, she said that. So then what I did is I started, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be ready. Like, when my shot comes, I'm going to be ready. So I used to literally ride my bike for hours at night. I don't know how many miles it was, but for hours, because my, my mindset was I got to be in shape. I got to get my mind right. I got to start focusing. I started reading, right? Like I was doing a lot of self-development at that time. I was doing anything, guys, to get the edge. Like that was when my mind went. Mind you, I'm broke, but I'm doing anything to get the edge. And nobody else around me knows I'm getting by, right? We, we are very prideful people. And I think a lot of times we mask a lot of our hurt because we don't want to appear weak. And at minimum, for me, that's what it was for me at the time. I don't want to appear a, like a failure. So like I said, I'm out here making things happen. But what I did, I would work out at night so nobody saw me. I would just ride my bike. Then I would wake up in the morning. I would, before I went to sleep, I read a 10 pages. Because if you read 10 pages a day, in most books, you'll finish them in 30 days. So I, I would read 10 pages of a self-development book every night before I went to sleep. And when I woke up, I had a routine. This was every day, y'all. I woke up, I would literally turn Floetry on. Like one of the songs that you had recommended a long time ago. And then somebody, I read somewhere that you should read an inspirational book, like an autobiography. So before I left the house, or I wouldn't leave the house, but um, when I woke up, I'll read 10 pages of an autobiography. And then I would get dressed, like I'm going to the office, and I would sit on the computer and just apply for jobs. I apply for jobs till lunchtime, took a lunch break, went back. And I did that five days a week. And I was just going, 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 trying to make it happen. Because once I got permission, I'm like, all right, I got a chance now. They gave me permission. It was my mom. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to make it happen. Um, you might probably going to cry. Oh, she definitely going to cry. So then I, then, I, then, I made, then I made my way out. You know what I'm saying? I made my way out. My company gave me a chance. And I've been there for 10 years. And um, it, was a, it, was a, it was crazy because it was a, it was a depressing time. Like, I'm talking, like, mind you, I had a daughter that I had custody of, y'all. Like, let's not forget that. And I had a whole house that I was responsible for. And they weren't paying the mortgage at the time. I, it was, that was on me. Like, that's what I told her. I'm like, I got this for you. I'll take care of it. So that's why the pressure sometimes 
it piles so high that we just stay in it because we can't we feel like if we step out of it it's everything's going to come to pieces right at least that's how it felt for me but when i got that nod from my mom i'm like okay now i can go you know what i'm saying so that was those are the two times i dealt with it i like the way you uh you put like so that, that I just had like a movie moment right now. You just put the pressure back in there, like you know, like the movie starts. Yeah. You know, at some point the movie the movie title comes in. I see what you did. Yeah. That was pretty slick. First of all, let me start with this. I didn't find this out until after the fact. So we, you know, after everything was basically back to normal. So I'm a little. I mean, this was a this man. You didn't find this out, bro. Till probably like no, no, literally 2015. You probably didn't what find I'm telling you is I didn't find this out because obviously you're right. You didn't tell the fellas, and I'm a little low key upset that you didn't lean on your boy. One because at that time. I was single with no kids. Yeah. That do another. Had a little bit of bread saved up in addition to, you know what I mean, what happened. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that, like, I'm a little offended that you didn't lean on your boy. You need, you need to lower your guard and, and let your pride down and ask people for help when you need it. Right. Message for you all. Like, we ain't, too, don't be so prideful because you have friends who will support you and, and, and kindly do what it is that you need to get done in the moment to help assist you in becoming the best I, version I, of yourself. I will say that that's, that, like, I did get help in different places during that time, but I never asked for it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, no, no, right. Okay. It was somebody that may have been like aware of the situation, and they they helped me out a little Why bit. Why the fuck was they aware and I wasn't aware? That's the problem for me. I don't remember. I don't remember how it. I don't. I, well, I, apparently we're not as good as friends as I thought. No, we were. <laughs> it, was, it was it was a situation where it might have been timing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it might have been timing because that that wasn't something I was willing to share. And the crazy shit is, one of my mentors was saying, "It's like, bro." If there's ever a time to appear financially irresponsible, it's now. Like, the world is in a crisis, right? right? There's a financial crisis. Like, no one has money. Everybody's trying to figure it out. They're bailing these big companies out. Like, if you're behind on your mortgage, yeah, you, you're going to need some help. You know what I'm saying? And, and that, But, I, again, I was too prideful, and I, I wasn't trying to rationalize that thought. So there's an acknowledgement right there, fellas. You Pride will kill you every time, especially when you have people in your service that are willing to help, and all you got to do is yeah. I didn't even I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you have money. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about that. So I just yeah, but like yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. You still worked at the high school. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it was like Look, I, I still work at the high school. No, I know. I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> but for me, oh, I was like, man, shit. I go to this dude. He gonna and 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 not that this was like a, a conscious thought or. It was definitely subconscious. I was just like, man, they going the first thing people want to say is they told you not to leave. You know what I'm saying? Like that, like that was what where my mind went. And obviously so, so, there's bigger fish no, to no, fry. No, fuck that. Let's be clear right here on on camera, on record. You name a time in your existence of our friendship where I've judged you. No, no, but we make up stories, bro. We make up we make up we we build out, like you said, right? Same thing what you said. When you cry and you find a song to make you cry more, mm-hmm. we, I, I built built a narrative to make my situation worse. Okay. Right, okay. like that, and that was it. There was there was no, like, evidence to support some of the shit that I was feeling, mm-hmm. but it was just how I felt, and it was more so like you held your, I held myself to uh, this level. I didn't meet it. I failed. Okay. Why am I putting my failure on you? You know what I'm saying? That, so that makes sense. That, makes that, sense. that was, and that was my thought process. But the crazy thing is, one of us did get in the jam later on, and fortunately, they did reach out, and I was able to put yeah. them in, uh, and, and help them out. And, and, and it was nothing. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, shit, it was simple as that. Right. Like, and I was almost, and I was pissed at him when I'm like, why did why you, you ask, ask sooner? So, why did you ask me sooner? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, this is, you know, like at the time I was in a, in a really good place. I'm like, there's no need for you to stress over this money when you got people around you that can help you. I'll tell y'all right now. Every now and then when I, you know, waiting for a check to come or dig, or don't want to dig into a certain account it's happening here, I'm like, hey, yo, Bell, cash out me a couple dollars till, till Tuesday. Let me hold five dollars till Tuesday. Like, it's it's nothing. I'm not afraid to lean on my friends because that's what they're there for. And if you don't help me out, then you ain't my real friend anyway. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're in a situation where you can't give it to me. And I understand. And again, all you can do is say no. But like, all right, well, I'll figure it out. And that's my line anyway. I'll figure this shit out right. anyway, regardless. So, all right. um. So with that, I don't I don't think there's any more on my end, and we're in terms of like a serious depression. Again, there's things that happen like that that come about that put you in a, in in a in a bad spot. Like one of the homies crashed my car years ago, just got the joint, brand new uh, Yukon Denali, and uh, crashed it. And my response was like, "Oh, so you good? All right, I'll figure it out." Yeah, not only did he crash, he totaled that bitch. <laughs> yeah, like wasn't no coming back for that. <laughs> right. So again, and this is just, and this is a testament to how I built myself up. That's when I was going to school. I would like call one of the homies to drop me off at school, and it would walk back from Central. I remember. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It would walk home. I wouldn't even like. It was just one of those things where you got to do what you got to do, and there's no need to. to no, no crying no, over spilled milk. No, no, no crying over spilled milk. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's just the way I've been. Con- I've conditioned myself to live to live life, man. I, I've really found a way. And and I, yeah, we're these bands, Bell. I wear these bands everywhere I go. And I have a band with two messages on it from college. We had two rules in college, and it was do right and overcome adversity. And I wear these bands, and I give them out at my shows when I perform. I sell them or give them out to the kids. And in reality, is if I at the end of the day, if I ask you, did you do right, and you say no. And you broke rule number one. Mm. Rule number two, coach used to always be like, overcome adversity. Life is going to happen. And we got to find a way to figure it out. He always say like, if we on it, we find a way to the game and the bus break down, let's grab our bag and start walking. Like, what the fuck Yo, are you crying for? One of the you things that saying? came up in that group chat this morning is we was in spring ball and we're in Connecticut, y'all. And uh, sometimes spring don't start when it's supposed to start. And, <laughs> Damn sure it don't start when it's supposed to start. And spring ball, the, one of the first practices, it was snowing. We literally got in the line and shoveled the turf field. He had to shovel the turf field. I was in Texas when I'm like, where the hell you get all them shovels from? <laughs> like 85 shovels, bro? Like, like, I'm like, this is crazy. But one thing I do want to, I want to I say to everybody, guys, um, you have to understand that your moments are your moments, right? Like, part of the reason why I didn't mention anything either time when I was going through what I was going through because I felt like they were insignificant in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. right? N- nobody can tell you how to feel, right? If, if there's something that I perceive as small to you or small that you shouldn't feel that way, that is that is not just justified, right? Like, I can't tell you how to feel. If It doesn't matter what happens to you. You're going to internalize it how you internalize it, mm-hmm. right? So we can't be careful, like, minimizing things. Like, I don't want to bring this up because it's not that big of a deal. Hey, guess what? You may not think it's a big deal to me, but it's a big deal to you. So that's all that matters. And, and if you have that type of bond, a big deal to you ultimately becomes a big deal to me. And and also, guys, like I know, like true genuine friendships um, are probably a lot more challenging than we make them seem. But there's always professionals, right? There's professionals that that you can go talk to. You know, like if I wasn't his therapist, he'd be probably seeing a <laughs> professional. He's just fortunate that I've known him for so long. 
I give them a, a family discount. No, nah, but there's definitely we have to. So if if I can give you a final thought from my own, I think that I took a lot of points from today, and it's it's we got to one learn to get out of our own way. We have to because oftentimes we are the ones holding ourselves back for of fear of judgment of ridicule, whatever you want to call yeah. it. We do that. Two, do not be afraid to to take your time with certain things and and deal with those how how, how you may, but understand when enough is enough. Right. When you have to kind of find your way out. For me, two years was way too long. Way too long. You know what I'm saying? And don't be afraid to talk to somebody, to ask questions, to, to ask for help, whether it be monetary or just emotional support or whatever the case may be. Don't be afraid. But it, I guess with saying that, do so with someone you trust or a complete stranger. Like you said, seek help. Where they don't. You have no ties to them. So them knowing your business And because of HIPAA laws They can't speak about yeah. What you're talking about And if you so. fight You can just beat them up anyway yeah. You know what I'm saying Like that That always Yeah so I, I'm I, Cause I'm just I'm just listening to us man And I'm like Like we've been through some shit That's gotten us to where we Are here today to assess mm-hmm. But there may be people Going through stuff right now Right So they haven't gone through it To get the lesson yet mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying They're in it Right now You know they say You can't see the picture When you're in the frame It's like So for those people Understand that if you feel like something's off, you feel like you're not yourself, there's probably some validity to that. And um, whatever that means is whatever that means, right? Just understand that if you're feeling something, it's valid, right? It, it's, um, it would warrant a conversation to whomever you want to have it with, whoever you feel comfortable with. You don't, you don't have to uh, qualify your feelings right right, right? Like, this, this isn't a type A type situation where it needs to be brought to my attention no matter where it ranks on the scale right if it makes you feel a certain way right then it's probably something that you should look into addressing just yeah for, just for the sake of bettering yourself I think that's good for two final thoughts no I, I think so good too good job giving me your first final thought no doubt I mean we, it's, it's crazy how we, we put this we put this together and kind of like you know let let it let it take its course and it's the developer you always end up giving I do the intro and you do the, the, the final thought and this is how it's been working but I just I, I think I pulled a lot from this in terms of not being scripted and actually just letting just letting the conversation flow don't don't try to make all the episodes just off the hip no 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 it's not, oh. we're not doing that speaking of episodes off oh, the hip oh yeah good point our next episode we're gonna do good Tuesday segue, let's do Tuesday so we, can Why not have, Wednesday? so we can have it ready for Wednesday oh true 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 true, true. so Tuesday night 7 yeah 7 Tuesday okay, night therapy, 7 o'clock we are going to go Facebook and Instagram live and do a Q&A, an open session. We've decided that we're going to close season one with 12 episodes. That'll be episode 11, and then episode 12 will be And we'll announce. Special. What, yeah, yeah, we'll announce that uh, next week what episode 12 is. What episode 12 will be, and um, it, it'll be special to us. And then, So what we want, guys, we want we want you to tune in, obviously, live. Um, if you go to our Instagram at All Black Men Need Therapy at, uh, on IG... We, we put a question box up. Let us know what topics you want us to talk talk about. We're going to have topics ready to talk about. and um, But I would love, love to hear from you all. And um, and as we address them, you can you can, you can can address us in real time. Yeah, um, in real time. I think that'll be dope. We, we did an impromptu joint a couple weeks ago. And it worked out. We planned on going there for like 10 minutes just talking about why we canceled an episode. Speaking of that, we got to get back to that. We'll start, start next, next season, next season yeah. with that one. Yeah. But um, we, uh, we appreciate your support. 
If you do have some you know questions, comments, complaints, or concerns, hit us up. All Black Men Need Therapy at Gmail. Find us on all social media platforms. All Black Men Need Therapy. Yeah, uh, inboxes. You know, DM us too. Like if you, if email is not your thing, DM us. DM us questions. DM us comments. Like we'll take it all, guys. Like we right. we um like we said, Chief and I just jumped off the porch and did this, and I found it very therapeutic. Right, like this episode was great for me, um, and it sounds like it was great for Chief as well. So we appreciate all the support, guys. Yes. Amen. Let us know, like I said, next week on the 25th. 25th. Tuesday the 25th. Tuesday the 25th. We'll, we'll be live. 7 p.m. We will be live. So with that being said, yo, we appreciate y'all for tuning in. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Let's help, you know, help, help us build our brand. I mean, yeah, if you, if you like it, guys, subscribe to the podcast. Leave comments, too. We get, like, ratings and shit from when people leave comments. And yeah, stuff. You know leave you, comments. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. You know what I'm saying? Screenshot us on IG, you know, or, yeah, or share some shit. Share some you know shit, what I mean? yeah. Whatever. Um, with that being said, y'all, you know, thanks for tuning in. Do us all a favor and hug a black man today. And tomorrow, we out. Peace.